Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I'm so glad that you're taking a little bit of time out of your day today to hang out with me, especially because on today's Q&A episode, we're going to be tackling a fairly common listener question, and at the end of this show, I'll be adding a new segment related to what I ate yesterday. I get a lot of questions about what I eat for fat loss and fitness and training and all those things. And while I don't recommend that you just eat what I eat, you need to eat foods that you love and foods that make you feel amazing, right? But I know it can be helpful of getting an idea and just some meal ideas, really, about you know what other people do. So I'm going to add that as a segment at the end of each show. Let me know for sure if you guys like it. And also, keep your questions coming. If you get on the VIP list over on primalpotential.com, email me directly so that I can answer your questions on an upcoming episode of the podcast. So today's question comes from a listener named Ivy, and I've gotten this question from a lot of people, but when Ivy's email came in last week, I thought I need to prioritize this topic, so here we go. This is Ivy's message to me. Hi, Elizabeth. I have a question slash suggestion for a future podcast. I have been a vegetarian with limited dairy and the occasional egg for 10 plus years. I'm not so stoked on the idea of introducing a ton of meat at the moment, primarily for environmental reasons. I'm wondering if you have suggestions for eating a primal vegan slash vegetarian diet and if that's even possible. First of all, Ivy, thank you so much for emailing. I know I I sent you a private response, but wanted to go into a little bit more detail for you and for everybody else that has emailed about this topic. And it is absolutely positively possible to eat according to primal principles and be a vegetarian. I'm going to focus on the vegetarian angle of this because I get that question a lot more frequently, but you guys know I'm not one to beat around the bush, so I'm going to start with a couple of main points. Number one, I am not a vegetarian, and I do believe that humans were designed to eat some animal proteins. I also believe that most humans overeat animal proteins and just about everything else, but I do think we overestimate, uh, overemphasize animal proteins, but there are lots of people that choose for religious reasons, personal reasons, environmental reasons to be a vegetarian. That's totally cool. However, 
hormone balance and whole foods are still very, very important for both health and fat loss. Number two, and this is the primary point, and if you guys walk away with anything, I'd love for it to be this. Primal, paleo, however you want to define it, and there are a million people out there, I'm not much of a rule follower, and this is my opinion. It is not about animal proteins versus no animal proteins. Everyone defines primal differently, and I hate definitions. All I can share is my own perspective, but this is very important. It is not about animal or not animal. It is not about eat all the bacon, right? So it's not a matter of meat or no meat, animal or no animal. It really is about quality. Processed versus not processed. Whole foods versus not whole foods. Whether you're eating animals or you're not eating animals, that fundamental principle of avoiding processed stuff that is not truly real food, that is the strategy. That is the goal. Now, there are nuances within that, of course, but I think we kind of box ourselves into a corner when we think it's about animal versus non-animal. It's, it's not. It's about quality, and it is about minimizing processed foods, you know, stuffed with chemicals, stuffed with toxins, and really focusing on whole quality food, animal and non-animal. When we're talking about health, or when we're talking about fat loss, when we're talking about hormone balance, or we're talking about fitness, we will always be better off choosing less processed or unprocessed versus processed. Animal, vegetable, mineral, whatever, doesn't matter. So I've talked a lot about the major misconception regarding paleo and primal diets that it's all about the meat. Like, bring me the pork, bring me the bacon, bring me, a, you know, a whole cow and let me eat it. And that's that's not it. That's not, I mean, yeah, there are people that stand for that, but there are people that stand for everything, right? It's about moderation. It's about quality. It's about fueling your body according to what your body needs. It's not about overeating fat. It's not like I'm good as long as all I have is bacon and butter. And it's not about I'm good as long as it's meat. It's about moderation, okay? It's not about overeating fat or overeating protein or undereating carbs or overeating carbs. It's just not. It is what you make it. Okay, and I'm getting to the vegetarian thing specifically, but in general, I think this is really important. It is what you make it, and you have to make it what works for you. In my personal approach and what I think is best for hormone balance and satiety and fat loss, moderate protein. But you can make anything whatever you want. If you eat the standard American diet, you can make it high animal, low animal, high fat, low fat, high carb, low carb, high protein, low protein, high calorie, low calorie. Same thing with paleo primal. You can follow a paleo or a primal approach and have it be very high carb or very low carb, very high protein or very low protein, right? All of those things, or you can walk the middle. And that is absolutely true of vegetarianism. You can focus on fat, you can focus on protein, you can focus on carbs, or you can focus on quality whole foods, still following the same principles for fat loss of hormone balance, moderating your blood sugar, following the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, whether you're eating pigs or cows or not, right? I mean, whole foods and hormone balance is the key for fat loss 
animal or non-animal. And I encourage all of my clients to emphasize fiber pretty much first and foremost, right? Non-starchy vegetables are the foundation for me personally of almost all of my meals. It's really great for satiety or those feelings of fullness, fantastic for nutrient density, great for hormone balance, great for fat loss, right? And a totally easy option whether you are a meat eater or not. The same is true for healthy fats. And I'll go back to what I say are my three food rules, right? For me and my 140-pound weight loss and the strategies that I teach to my clients, number one, I eat foods that I love. Totally doable whether you're a vegetarian or not a vegetarian. Number two, after eating foods I love, number two is focus on fat, fiber, and protein. Again, totally doable whether you are a vegetarian or a non-vegetarian. And number three, make enough for leftovers so that you're not spending a million years in the kitchen. Totally doable whether you're a vegetarian or not. So if we look at things from a whole foods perspective, because that tends to be a lot of the challenge with vegetarians is they lean on processed foods and they lean on proteins that are actually carbohydrates. They're really, when you look at what it is more of, it's more of a carb than a protein, but they call it a protein and it's not. So if we look at things from a whole foods perspective for the vegetarian, starting with non-starchy vegetables, you've got no limits here. These are all foundational for health and for fat loss. And I think that they happen to be delicious. My personal favorites are broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, but there really aren't any bad choices with your non-starchy vegetables. Some fill you up more than others, and some are better for hormone balance than others, and I talk a lot about this when I talk uh, in the hormone episodes, episodes 11 through 14, I think it is. Uh, But ultimately, this should be a focus whether you are a vegetarian or not. Now, fat is very important for hormone balance, for mood, for satiety or those feelings of fullness, for energy, for performance, focus, you name it. And most of the fats that I personally emphasize in the way I eat and the fats that I emphasize for my coaching clients are plant-based, avocado, coconut oil almonds, macadamia nuts, and then the sort of more borderline things in terms of vegetarian or veganism, grass-fed butter and egg yolks. Fantastic fat sources. So now we're looking at two out of the three and we've got really the same options whether you're a vegetarian or not. The fats can easily come into play with the things like avocado, coconut oil, almonds, macadamia nuts, grass-fed butter, egg yolks. Proteins. Now, here's the thing. In Ivy's email, she said, I don't really feel good about adding a ton of protein. Nobody needs a ton of protein. You don't ever need a ton of protein, whether you're following a vegetarian diet or not. It's not about all the meat. It's about a balance and eating a wide variety of vegetables, eating a wide variety of healthy fats, and eating a wide variety of proteins, but not going crazy on the fat, not going crazy on the protein, not going crazy on the carbohydrates. We do not want to overeat protein. So many people, this is a common mistake, and this is why many, 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 many people, including many of you listening, do not lose fat when they switch to whole foods because they believe that as long as it's healthy, they don't need to worry about portion control. Like, I ate really clean today, but I ate as much as like four truckers. No, we we can't do that, right? We do need to worry about how much we are feeding our body. When you overfuel, the rest of it has to be stored. So we really only need a few ounces of protein 
per meal. So again, when Ivy in her question talks about not wanting tons of animal proteins, that's not, that's a, I mean, nobody, whether you're a meat eater or not, shouldn't be eating tons of animal proteins, right? We do not need to be having chicken, steak, fish with every meal and every snack. We don't want to overeat any food group. Remember, this is key, guys. Excess protein is not stored as protein. Let's back up for just a second to some of the basics. When we eat, some of what we eat will be immediately used for fuel, right? Energy to make our heart beat, right? Make our blood flow, uh, walk down the stairs, whatever it is. And then some will be used for, for body functions, healing, repair, growth, recovery, metabolism. Any extra has to be stored. We do not have protein reservoirs in our body. Like whatever is not used or needed for, say, healing, repairing, growing your muscles, we don't have like, you know, under our left thigh, we don't have the storage form for protein, okay? It doesn't get stored that way. When we eat beyond our body's energy needs, we have to store the rest and excess protein is not stored as protein, We do not have amino acid, amino acids are the building blocks for proteins, we don't have amino acid storage sites in the body. Protein and the amino acids get broken down to glucose, sugar, and you know that excess sugar gets converted to and stored as fat. So no one, vegetarian or non-vegetarian, needs to eat all the protein, all the animals, bring me the cow and lay it out in front of me. All right, let's talk about carbohydrates. Vegetarian or non-vegetarian, for fat loss, you still want to follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. I will link to those in the show notes over at primalpotential.com. But remember, for fat loss, it is really about keeping that hormone insulin really steady and balanced. And we do that by managing our blood sugar. And we don't want to be having the carbs in the morning or midday. We want to save them towards the evening meal or post-workout. So this is where a lot of vegetarians get into trouble. They're choosing vegetarian protein sources, and I've got my air quotes going over here, that are really more of a carb than a protein. I'm talking about things like beans and soy. They are carbs. Those are carbohydrates. Yes, they contain protein, but they also are very, very carb heavy. They are classified as a carbohydrate, not a protein. Now, here's the other thing specifically about beans and soy legumes, right? They contain something called protease inhibitors. Protease inhibitors prevent the breakdown and metabolism of protein. Okay, so proteases are enzymes that break down protein so that we can use it, store it, right? Use it in the body for for repair and healing and growth and recovery. So protease is the enzyme that breaks down protein. So protease inhibitors inhibit the action of these enzymes that break down protein so that we can use it. So naturally occurring in legumes like black beans or chickpeas or um, peanuts or soybeans are these protease inhibitors, okay? They prevent the breakdown and metabolism of the protein found within, not entirely, but to an extent. And the important lesson here, and we're going to talk more about this in a couple minutes, don't judge a food based on the nutrition facts. We don't just swallow something and then poof, like magic, we can use everything contained within. No, no. It's about our body's efficiency and metabolism and utilization, and that is not created equal. Some foods contain compounds 
enzymes that impair the breakdown, digestion, absorption, utilization, and legumes are notorious for having anti-nutrients, not just for protein, but for lots of the vitamins and minerals found within. So while on paper, it looks like this nutrient powerhouse, it is not. It is not. By and large, plant products like the legumes that we're talking about, are not nearly as bioavailable in their nutrients as animal products. So while they might contain the nutrients we think we're getting, it does not mean that the body can metabolize and utilize them. That is a really important part. So we have to look at how it reacts in there in the body. The problem with soy and beans is, number one, they are a carbohydrate, so they need to be treated like a carbohydrate. Do they deliver some protein? Yes, they do, but not as much as you might think, okay? Now, don't panic, though, and think, oh my gosh, I can never have these again. Remember that all food is a spectrum. Is soybean a better choice than... I don't know, I mean, Cheetos, obviously, of course, right? Carbohydrate, carbohydrate, but all food is a spectrum. So the closer we can get to the whole food end of things, the better, but it doesn't mean that it's the perfect choice. So we've got to treat it like a carbohydrate, follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, which again, if you're not familiar with that, I talked about it in a number of episodes. I will link to it in the show notes so you can look over those four golden rules because fat loss is about hormone balance, okay? And whether you eat animal products or you don't, we still need to control blood sugar and insulin to even be open to fat burning. To allow fat loss to happen, we have to control those hormones. And we won't if we're just willy-nilly introducing grains and oats and beans all the time. We won't be allowed to get into fat burning mode. So peanuts are legumes. They're carbs. Yeah, they contain protein. Same with beans, soybeans, they're carbohydrates. Now, another caveat here or just note for you to remember, if you are a vegetarian or a vegan listening to this episode, you must, 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 must listen to the soy episode I recorded a few weeks ago. I will link to that in the show notes page over at primalpotential.com. I don't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but you got to listen to the soy episode. You got to be informed if you are eating soy products for sure. Obviously, a lot of vegetarians, like I said, they lean heavily on those carbohydrate products and that can make fat loss really, really difficult. They tend to eat more of the grains and the grains and the legumes both are very, very rich in anti-nutrients. The protease inhibitors are, are one, phytates are another. So they're looking at the nutrient deck based on paper and that's not the way it works. The body doesn't work that way. When we look at the bioavailability of nutrients in animal products, it is much higher. So you do put yourself at risk for nutrient deficiency when you are not consuming the animal products. Again, not in mass, not a whole cow every other day, but the the bioavailability of nutrients is higher in animal products than it is in plant products. So vegetarians and vegans are at higher risk for nutrient deficiencies. And I want to outline a couple of those, not to convince you not to, because I mean, make your own choice, do what's right for you. But you still want to make sure that you're delivering the nutrients your body needs. And that's not so much about fat loss as it is about overall health. Like the body needs certain fatty acids, certain vitamins, certain minerals in order to 
operate, run. So if you are continuously running at a deficiency in any one of those things, it is going to impact your health, your health overall. It's going to impact, of course, your ability to burn fat because that is a bodily process that requires raw materials. If you're not getting the raw materials, it impacts fat loss. It impacts hormone balance. It impacts mood, cognitive ability, circulation, heart health. You name it. Run the gamut because those fatty acids, vitamins, minerals are the raw materials the body needs to operate. So one common deficiency in vegetarians and in vegans is EPA and DHA. These are two particular essential fatty acids. Now, I'm not throwing in the word essential there like for fun or for emphasis. Your body cannot make them. So you either have to take them or supplement with them. You have to eat them in whole foods or supplement with them. And again, like plant products, bioavailability in supplements is not as great as it would be if you were eating, say, a piece of salmon that's naturally rich in these essential fatty acids. Now, a lot of vegetarians will argue, well, I get omega-6 fatty acids, the EPA and DHA are omega-3s. I get omega-6 fatty acids from plants and the body can convert the omega-6s to omega-3s. Yeah, you're right, but you're missing the other part of that equation. And that is that the conversion rate of turning the omega-6s that you get from plant products into the essential omega-3s that you need for hormone balance and health and cognitive function and a bazillion other things, eye health, you name it, immunity. The conversion rate is very, very, very low, single digit, and very inefficient and taxing on the body. So for single digit conversion rate, it's not like 50% of the omega-6s that you eat get converted to omega-3s. No, it's like 2 to 5%. So if you're saying, well, you know, I eat all these plant-based omega-6s and it's going to convert. No, it doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't. So EPA and DHA is very, very essential. And most vegetarians and vegans run a high risk for deficiency there. But that's not all. There's also a risk for deficiency of vitamins A and D. Those are fat soluble vitamins. And fat soluble means that they require fat in order to be utilized or absorbed, right? They kind of, they function in fat. And so they are delivered in fat, right? So that's where it's typically in the animal products that have those naturally occurring fats where those fat-soluble vitamins hang out. So A and D are commonly deficient in people who are not eating those fattier cuts of meat or those animal products. And they're important vitamins, right? A and D are critical for immunity, fertility, eyesight, metabolism. So there's certainly a fat loss component there too. And they are concentrated primarily in uh, in animal products, seafood, organ meats, eggs, dairy, that sort of thing. Now, a lot of people will argue also that Plants contain beta carotene, so they're not at risk for vitamin A deficiency. Well, that's not true either. Beta carotene, yes, is a precursor to the active form of vitamin A, which is known as retinol. How And there's a lot of beta carotene in, in vegetables, but again, there is a very, very poor conversion rate of beta carotene, the precursor, to the active vitamin A. Humans just don't make that conversion very well, so you're much better off getting the active vitamin A from animal products. Again, not trying to convince you to not be a vegetarian. However, you have to be aware of the risks and things like that. 
Iron is another common deficiency, of course, and there are some plant-based foods containing iron, but again, we go back to the bioavailability issue. It is far less bioavailable. Again, the difference between what you see on paper versus what your body can do with it in terms of digestion and absorption. The nutrient deck on paper doesn't mean anything if your body cannot utilize and digest and absorb it. That's uh, It's crazy. So we have to consider the bioavailability, and the bioavailability is just not as high in the plant products as it is in the animal products. B12 is another very, very common deficiency. B12 is one of the B vitamins. B vitamins are water-soluble vitamins and are critical for energy, like how you feel day to day, cellular energy and the overall energy that we feel in terms of our daily function, also critical for metabolism and cognitive function, among many other things. And this deficiency is one of the most common seen in vegetarians and vegans. And it goes back to that bioavailability issue because yes, on paper, these plants do contain B12. However, they also contain certain compounds that block the absorption of B12. So yeah, again, on paper, doesn't really matter. If you are a vegetarian, though, I would really encourage you for health, for fat loss, for nutrition to eat eggs, right? If you eat fish, that's awesome too. Focus on quality there, wild caught when you can. Also, whole fat dairy products for the fat-soluble vitamins we were talking about, but also for some protein. You do not want to be getting those fat-free dairy products because A, they're much more highly processed. B, they often have added sugar to compensate for the flavor removed when they removed the fat. And because you want to get the protein there in these in these full fat products. Now, if you are going to eat beans, that's fine. I'm not saying don't eat beans. Are they the perfect choice? No. But remember that food is a spectrum. Treat them like a carbohydrate. Follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Backload them into the end of your day for optimal fat loss and soak them before you cook them. So if you're buying dried beans, you want to soak them in water for at least a few hours because what that does is helps to neutralize some of the anti-nutrients to make the nutrients naturally occurring in the beans more bioavailable so your body can use more of them. And then really limit your processed foods. Focus on fat and fiber. And no matter if you're a meat eater or not a meat eater, really limit the processed foods. And like I said a few minutes ago, if you have not checked out the soy episode and you are a vegetarian or a vegan, that is going to be very important for you to do. All right, let's move into the what I ate segment. So yesterday, to give you an idea, I did not have a traditional breakfast. I usually do not. I had a couple of cups of plain black coffee. And then in my third cup of coffee, I added in some grass-fed butter. 
Lunch was a pretty decent-sized salad that included lots of greens, also tomato, bacon, and lobster. Totally delicious. And then I don't usually snack, but I had far exceeded my 10 miles of walking, just regular movement kind of stuff, and I was really hungry. So I did have a protein bar mid-afternoon. Not the most perfect choice in my world for my body, but if I'm hungry, I eat. And then dinner was a basic green salad uh, with some cucumbers and some tomatoes and a whole bunch of mixed greens. And then I had a pretty big burger without the bun topped with some fresh avocado. So that is what I ate yesterday. Definitely let me know if you like hearing uh, the what I ate segment. I'm planning to continue it because I've gotten a lot of questions about it, but I want to hear from you. If you don't like it, we'll bag it. No big deal. And if you have questions that you want me to answer on an upcoming episode of the podcast, get on the VIP email list over on primalpotential.com. Right on the homepage, you just pop in your name and email address. Shoot me your questions so that we can feature it here on the podcast and I'll respond to you anyway one-on-one prior to uh, having your, your question be aired as a podcast episode. So we've got lots of great stuff coming up for you over the next few weeks. I'm really excited. You guys know we just had Primal Potential's first anniversary. The podcast has been going for just about six months now, but we are making some changes, making some improvements, trying to serve you better. So the very most helpful thing you can do for me is get in touch and let me know what your struggles are, what your challenges are, and how I can help. So we'll be back in a couple of days with another episode. And in the meantime, don't hesitate to email. We'll see you soon. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save